It is Monday, January 29th, 2024. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude from the Talking Giants world, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. How's beautiful Mobile, Alabama in the Senior Bowl? My favorite place on earth. Uh, got some exciting stuff coming out this week. Videos, we're going to be going crazy, but I'm more excited to talk about Conference Championship Sunday. Okay, so Happy let's birthday. do it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was over the weekend. You and I are very, very close to one another. You know? We very we very much are. Yeah, well, with the exception of the, uh, like, 19 or 21 or – how old are you? 31? 32. Yeah, so the 21-year difference. Other than that, we're very, very close. So Yeah, I, I'm, we're close in maturity. I'm so much I'm so uh, much more mature than my age. Yeah, yeah, well, that's good. You've, you've come a long way from those earlier days, which we don't need to discuss right now. Um, all right, so here we go. Niners, they raised a 17-point halftime deficit, put up 27 of their own in the second half. They're off to their eighth Super Bowl in franchise history. What impressed you most about San Francisco's 180 from a very disappointing first half in the NFC Championship? I think it was Purdy's legs, right? Like, we're going to talk about the, yeah, the 48-yard uh, yards rushing, but there's also, like, that throw to the fullback juice check on the sideline. That was very much a, like, hey, you know, if everyone just say, oh, it's just, you know, any any quarterback can do in this offense. Well, that's a play that Jimmy Garoppolo, one, doesn't make, and two, has tried to make and, and has done very horribly and has thrown interceptions trying to make throws like that. But those uh, – Purdy using his legs in this, they were able to create explosives, right? They had eight 20-plus yard plays on their six scoring drives. Every scoring drive had a 20-plus yard play. I liked it that they didn't uh, stop running the football, too. You know, so many teams, they get down big and they forget, well, the other team, you know, had a 17-point lead. Well, we couldn't outscore another team by 17 if we have to in our half of 30 minutes. It's just you you get into this mentality like, my God, we're running out of time, so we have to pass every play. I felt like they stayed true to themselves. Um, I loved it that Purdy played as well as he did. You know, I still don't think San Francisco's defense was – I mean, they really struggled in two games against Green Bay and now Detroit so far. Um, against Detroit, that's no big shock. Detroit has been, it feels like, running all over everybody. But, man, it's this was the second straight week where it felt like things had to go perfect for the Niners in the second half for them to kind of escape more than anything. Like, I don't know how you felt. When I was listening to them being interviewed after the game, they weren't, like, happy about going to the Super Bowl. I think they know, like, holy shit, we escaped these two games. Absolutely, and I, I think there's real worries with that defense, right? They got, you know, they I think they stepped up big in the second half, especially in the trenches. I think that was the biggest difference between the first and second half, where in the first half they were getting bullied, and in the second half they were able to make some plays, get to, you know, both have the sack and, and make some stops in the run game. Uh, but yeah, defensively, like they are just not, they, they have all these great players, but they are not sound. Like I, I think losing D'Amico Ryan's was like a huge, a huge loss for them. And I, I follow some 49ers analysts and they talk about like, I, I just don't think this defense is well-structured. Um, but this is where Purdy deserves his credit. Yes. Because again, if you we're not, we don't have to sit here and pretend he's one of the top, you know, quarter five quarterbacks in the NFL. But what we can say is that past 49er iterations, aren't winning this game. It's over. We're talking about another Shanahan uh, playoff loss, and instead they are in the Super Bowl. Do you think that had they not come back yesterday, that part of the narrative, as bad as Steve Wilkes' defense has been, 
had been pretty much through six quarters of playoff football. Do you think part of the narrative would have shifted to, okay, Niners have tried this cute thing. They tried Jimmy G. That didn't work. They tried Trey Lance. That didn't work. We don't know if he'll ever get a shot at being a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. And now Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, awesome run. But they need to really do something. I don't know if that's Kirk Cousins. I don't know if that's trade up and get a highly thought of draft pick or something else. Do you think that would have been part of the story? Absolutely. I don't even think that conversation is fully dead either. You know, the the first half was bad. Uh, you know, once again, an interception on what route? We said twenty. Every interception for by Brock Purdy is the same exact dig route over the middle. Right. Now he got his hand hit, but part of that is, you know, that's on Purdy seeing that pressure up front. Also, the Lions had a coaching point of getting their hands up on up front. Like, hey, he's a timing quarterback. Get your hands up, and they had a, a good amount of passes deflected. Um, so yes, but again, it's not this huge. I mean, Purdy, Purdy was able to make plays with his legs, right? Do some stuff. He still processes the field well. But he's also has these misses and these bad plays. And, you know, their biggest play of the day was a bad throw by Purdy. Ended up turning into an Ayuk huge play. Yeah, I don't think – the way I heard it from Kyle Shanahan, he didn't feel like it was a bad throw. He Well, it wasn't felt... a good throw, it's would say. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, you're giving you're trying to give your guy a chance 50 yards downfield to make a play. And Kendall Vildor did a remarkable job covering it. Ball just bounced off his face mask. And I don't know. I think sometimes we have to we're so reluctant in sports to give other people credit. Like it feels like if we do five questions a show, then three of them are gonna be like, Well, what didn't this team do? Or what did they do wrong? Right? Because we always expect both teams can't win a game. So somebody has to make a good play occasionally, and that means sometimes throwing a 50-50 ball up, right? I mean, when he threw it, that's presumably a 50-50 ball. If you, it's, it's I mean, it touched the, the def- I mean, the defender. If you don't have a, if Ayuk goes up and just makes a play on the ball, that's one thing giving you a chance. But he didn't give Ayuk a chance. The defender gave Ayuk a chance by, you know, passing the ball to him. Yeah, I mean, I think he got. I got. I think Kendall Vildor got tripped up a little bit, and I thought that they kind of bumped. Yeah, into but are you going to give Purdy credit for that one? Not credit, but I don't think that it was a bad throw either. I'm not going to. I'm not going to agree with that because I think that that's the throw. Shanahan said it afterward. He's like the safety bit. He came down, so it's one on one. That's a throw we want him to make. Well, it's a, it's a, a, I didn't say it's a bad decision, but the throw itself, I think, was not very good. Okay. Yeah. We'll see him in in Las Vegas. Um, Lions, in the meantime. Oh, boy. They remain one of four teams that has never made the Super Bowl. Dan Campbell came under some fire. Uh, He had two spots in the second half where he could have kicked field goals. The last one where he could have kicked it from the 30 of San Francisco down three midway through the fourth is the one that really has everybody barking. So after the game, coach was asked, do you regret those decisions? Should DC be receiving as much heat as he is getting? 
No, absolutely not. Now, here's the thing. When they were up 24-10, I think you should have kicked it there. I think when a team's coming back, you get as many points as you possibly can to make it harder for them to come back. But down three with seven minutes to go at the San Fran 30, the way San Fran's offense was moving, I, I love that decision, right? I, I, I absolutely love that decision, even though I disagreed with the, the one coming out of the half. Um, I mean, they've added wins this year by doing this. This is the way that they – this is the way the fucking Lions – who were people were saying before the season are starting to get a little too overhyped, got to the NFC championship by being, you know, showing up big on these, in these tough spots, right? Like the 49ers had to line up in a base defense on a punt because of all the fake punts that Dan Campbell had ran this year. Um, successfully, I may add too. So, Hey, Reynolds drops the ball and we're, we're killing Campbell for it. And again, the fourth down nerds, uh, we'll just say we'll say just catch it, but you have to put it into account that wide receivers couldn't make a mistake. But they were playing to win the game, and I and I have no problem with that mindset. I'll say this: I actually didn't mind the one at the beginning of the half because if you remember, San Francisco got the ball at the beginning of the second half, down seventeen. They drive, they settle for a field goal. Detroit, what do they do? They won't run right down the field. At that point, San Francisco had not stopped Detroit at all had not stopped them. And I was like, oh boy, they are good. they're going for the kill shot. Right here, they score a touchdown, game's over. You can forget about it. They're going to be, it's over. I'll see you in Las Vegas, Detroit. It's going to be crazy out there for two weeks with Lions fans. I really didn't mind it. And so once again, it's about the process because Dan Campbell can't do anything once the ball's snapped. All he can do is put his players in the best position to succeed. Didn't he do that? Didn't he do well, that? I mean, when the Josh guy, Reynolds the, was wide open. Yeah, jo Josh Reynolds did drop it, but so I don't think it's egregious going for it, right? I'm not like being like, how dare he go there? But I just, I personally would try and create as many points. Like I'd take every point I can get when I have a big lead like that, because then the the next fourth down division would have this would have been an easy kick because hey, that kick gives you the lead um, instead of having to make a decision of well, we might not well, get the ball we back. We can't do stuff. that. By the way, we can't do that. Well, you can't because it, it would have put it would I would have made it a seventeen point game instead of a, a a three possession game instead of a two possession. The game wasn't. There's no way the game plays out exactly the way it did if they do go for a kick and they go up seventeen. We just don't know how it twists and turns. It's not a linear performance. They're not going to be exactly running on parallel tracks, in my opinion. Okay, but but my point being is that I would have just kicked like in the moment. I would have taken the field goal there okay. without knowing the future. The second one, I, I hey, I, I love that one, um, but the results trump process. But the pro the results have been great for them all year, right? The ideal, like, well, they're just, they're just a Not, team that goes on fourth down. Well, he he goes for it on fourth down. He has gone for it and been successful at it more than any coach since he entered the league in twenty twenty one as the head man. So, and there are times it, you know, here is the thing. People are like, well, analytics suck. He's not an analytics guy. He's the most fucking manly coach in the NFL, most football. Like, that drives me nuts. The idea that, like, oh, it's it's analytics. No, it's Dan Campbell. It's his philosophy. Or, like, the down by – we were talking on the stream yesterday. Like, oh, the down by two, uh, two touchdowns go for two when you score the first one. Like, oh, it's analytics. Like, really? Like, Chris Rose, me and you could kind of come up with that idea on our couch. Like, it's – analytics goes so much deeper than just fourth down decisions. And – the the issue is that I think the always go for on fourth down people, like the deep analytics people, are 
annoying and suck. Mm-hmm. But like being aggressive isn't like the the bane of analytics. It has a lot more to do with like this personnel versus this. Let me ask you this, because we are getting kind of bogged up, bowed down in the fact that Josh Reynolds um, missed the catch, right? So if he makes the catch, let's just play this game. If he makes the catch and the drive continues and they don't even score a touchdown, but they kick a field goal and they get, people aren't mad at Dan Campbell at that point. They're not like, oh, you didn't kick it a 45 yard field goal. I don't know what you're doing there. Um, there's no guarantee that Badgley's going to hit the field goal, right? I mean, he's not a hundred percent kicker in his life right. from 40 to 49 yards out. In fact, I'm spending a little time looking at it. So in his career, from 40 to 49, he's 37 of 48. That's not automatic. Like, from 30 to 39, he's 29 of 30. I'll take that. But 37 of 48, that's not the world's greatest percentage from 40 to 49. So what if he does, everybody's like, he takes the points. There's no guarantee he's getting three points, just like there was no guarantee that Josh Reynolds was going to catch the ball. Everything was perfect, except one guy fucked up the play. Yeah, I agree. See, but here's my I'm not playing the results on that one, right? Like the, the 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 you know, like one of the most annoying lines I've ever heard is like love the decision to go for it but hate the play call. That's what every single person says on every yeah. missed fourth down. Right. I before that bo- decision was made, I would have kicked the field goal there, right? Like that would have just been my decision. Um and as and I'm someone who like believes in the go for it on fourth down more often than people would think. Um I just think once you have that lead, you know, Take take the take the easy points that you can get, um, but it's all. But also, I don't think it's egregious. Like I don't look at that decision like how dare you. Like the a lot of the reaction is, but like yeah. But they but like you said, they lost the game due to drops. They lost the game to Jameer Gibbs having a fumble. Yep. They lost the game off of you know a a, a big IU play, and they gave up uh, plays to Brock Purdy with his legs. Right, their defense uh, wasn't able to hold out, and they started to lose a little bit in the trenches in the second half. So. I don't. I don't want to put it all down to fourth down decisions. I think it's simplistic to talk about a sixty minute game in those. But I just, I disagreed with the with the first one coming out of the half. I agreed with the one when they were down three. Funny because I actually think the opposite way. But um, now the Lions have an entire off season to think about it. God, I feel for the dude. I feel so Detroit. bad for Detroit. I, I do too. I haven't rooted for a team that wasn't my team like that in a long time. Like yeah, I was, I, 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 I felt that heartbreak because they know, like, there's not like, oh, well, we're young. This is the beginning. Like, man, it's hard to get to even to this point, let alone to a championship point. Well, let me tell you something. Right, the minute Dan Campbell stepped to the mic in 2021, you were like, what is he saying? Like biting kneecaps. He has become, in my opinion, the most relatable coach in the NFL. Like, you almost felt like there was a Lions fan up there. Head was down. Like, we don't know if we'll ever get back here. I told the guys that it was just, you don't know what play it's going to be. But you could feel his pain and his anguish. Like, it was so hurtful to him that they did not get it done. Whereas, you know, well, we didn't make enough plays. Like, the whole coach speak thing, where they just feel just so removed from everything. If you're a Detroit fan, you might have been pissed at Dan Campbell for the decisions or whatever, but you're like, holy shit, like he is feeling what we're feeling. So they are not getting to that point with a lot of the head coaches in the NFL. No like, way. 
you know, you no can, way. like they're they are here and big part of what he has done for that franchise. And part of that is that aggression on those decisions. All right, let's move on. The Niners now get the Chiefs, who went into Buffalo. Um, they win that game. Then yesterday they go into Baltimore. They did not score in the second half, but now they're off to their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. Now Let's remember about the discussions we had. Midway through the season, Kansas City looked like it had no shot. How did the Chiefs right the ship here? It's simplistic, but it's the fact that you have the best quarterback in the NFL. You have a tight end who has the most playoff catches in NFL history now. Mm -hmm. And you have an awesome defense on the other side with a defensive coordinator who's been there and done that multiple times. Like It's it's simplistic, but that's what it came down to. Their defense stepped up. And Mahomes and Kelsey made the big plays. Kelsey was 11 for 11 on his targets. And you had a fourth and two, 13-yarder on the first play of the game. Let's talk about fourth down now. Uh, a touchdown from the 19-yard line. And all these guys, like, he was covered on all these, and he just made the plays. a better player than Kyle Hamilton on those plays. Third and one, six-yarder, a third and five, 10-yarder that led to touchdown. And then even the third and 24, he catches the nine-yard pass that got on the field goal range. Like, all of their points came off of Travis Kelsey conversions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, let's start with obviously the simple stuff. Mahomes is ridiculous. Um, I don't think that there's a problem with having a question. I, I remember asking a buddy of mine with whom I work at NFL Network, his name's Chris Wirtz, and it was before last season, I think. And I said, at what point, like, how much more does Mahomes have to do before he enters into that discussion? And we all know what that discussion means. He's like, he probably has to win a couple more and probably be in like three or four more Super Bowls or something. Like, I think we're there. I think we're there. He has played so beautifully in these three games, and his numbers weren't gaudy yesterday at all. But he just makes every right play. There's so few. Do you know he wasn't even sacked in the playoffs yesterday or until yesterday? He hasn't. And they don't have good tackle play either. Oh, horrible. Horrible. And I think Allegretti, Nick Allegretti is his name who replaced Joe uh, Tooney, did a remarkable job. It was Trey Smith who took him out of freaking shot of a, another touchdown with two back-to-back penalties. Harrison Butker kind of saved his butt on that one. But, like, Mahomes makes every – when was the last time he made a play where you're like, God, that was stupid? Like, I, I think maybe the Jets game. <laughs> you know? Right. Which is... <laughs> which they ended up winning. Um, you know, obviously there's probably been some in between, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's the best, like, I don't think any, I know people tried to like do Josh Allen and this, but like, I think anyone who is even having like a conversation of who the best quarterback in the NFL is right now mm-hmm. is simply just bored. Like there's, to me, there's, I won't even entertain any conversation that any quarterback's better than him. I think he's on his own tier player. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, yes, I'm not going to dismiss Tom Brady's seven rings, and I know that it gets a little stale. Like, who? Can, it's the whole Jordan-LeBron argument. I get it. But I've, I've never seen somebody at age 28 play the way that he has. I just – he feels like he's in total control of the game. And by the way, wasn't this the year that the Chiefs were had no shot whatsoever? Yeah, yeah, this was the year there was, and we could talk, maybe we could talk about Tony, lunatic. Um, <laughs> you know, their receivers, like, Rasheed Rice has become, like, their best receiver. I don't even know if, like, I I don't even know if I think Rasheed Rice is, like, even a good receiver. I think he might just be, like, the best on a on a bad group, even though I, I do like Rice a little bit. Shout out to Senior Bowl last year. Um, the only reason, like, I can't, you can't just say, oh, he's the 
best all time is just because of what Brady did was so unreal. I mean, he has more Super Bowls than any other franchise even has. Mm-hmm. Um, won one at 43 years old. So you could say, hey, Mahomes is on pace with him. It's just it's hard to unseat Brady. But again, I don't even like you said, I, it's a boring. He's great. Like it's the fact that you can talk about him in that category means he's, you know, if not the best ever, one of the one of the three best. Yeah. I mean, I think that I know we've kind of combined our our questions three and four here uh, on the day, but it just he is beautiful to watch. He really is. It's it's almost like there should be music playing in the background when he, you know, like classical music, like when they used to do the old NFL film stuff and have it out there. It just feels like every play is a work of art for him. His ability to keep plays alive with his legs. He had that one play where he had almost 10 seconds to throw, and then he throws throws the little pop-up that Kelsey catches. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know who else makes that play. And let's remember, at the beginning of the year, what did we do? We stacked all the quarterbacks in the AFC. We were like, okay, Burrow's here, and Deshaun is here, and Lamar is here, and, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is here now, and Justin Herbert continues to improve, and, you know, all the kids in the AFC South, they're all going to grow up. You know, Trevor Lawrence is right on his heels. He just probably looked at him and was like, go ahead, keep doubting. Keep. I mean, you saw last week in the locker room after the win in Buffalo. He was like, they wanted this. They wanted this. And I think he wasn't talking specifically to the Bills. I felt like he was talking to the rest of the AFC. Well, no, like, oh, he's never been on the road. Well, he just went on the road versus Allen and Lamar. And was was the better quarterback in those books. And the NFL has changed since he started, right? In the beginning, it was just explosives, crazy throws. That's not really what it is right now. Now it's like, okay, defenses want to change. They want to stop the explosives. Mm-hmm. I don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. I don't really have the explosive. Like, Kelsey um, has, you know, lost a bit of a step despite still being a great player in these moments. Uh, that, hey, but I am going to adjust better than anybody. He's not even, he's not even in his prime, right? Like, think about how many cute, like, Think about how, like, quarterbacks who struggle in the beginning or show flashes and get better. Like, golf is one, right? Where it's like, hey, this is stuff he didn't see at that age. He's still going to start to see stuff better and better. And we've already seen once the league adjusts back to, like, hey, we want to stop giving up these efficient drives. Well, guess who's going to be the best at creating explosives? Patrick Mahomes. And I hope they, you know, end up getting another great receiver in there eventually, too, for him to get the most out of. But, yeah, he's the, he's the best best in the in, in, of this era. Uh, to me, by far, like I don't even—I I won't even entertain any arguments against it. Yeah, and Andy Reid, um, you got to throw some flowers in his direction too, because I have a feeling, you know, we talked last week about some of these legendary coaches that are on the free agent market right now, and we don't know if any of them are going to get jobs. It certainly doesn't sound like it. But if Andy Reid were available right now, how many teams would snatch him up? I mean, every if 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 they if he could be traded for, everyone would uh, right would would go for him. So yeah, yeah. he's done. And, and Spags, I know we're going to talk about the Ravens, and that would play into Spags a little bit. Mm-hmm. But man, he he's gotten the most out of that group. I mean, number two defense in the NFL. We had uh, you know, the MVP QB and the uh, number one defense. They lost to the number two defense and the other MVP quarterback. Yeah. So let's get to it. Um, Lamar and the Ravens they fall short. He's probably a week and a half from getting his second regular season MVP, but um, he looked a bit out of sorts in the AFC title game. How much of the blame should go in that direction? A good amount. Now, there's other other players like Zay Flowers uh, 
who deserve blame, but Lamar did play bad. And because Lamar got overly criticized early on, uh, and some like immature criticisms from you know people in the NFL world, now it's like there's an overcorrection worse. You can't, but he has been a bad playoff performer. Like he's had good good game last week in the second half. Really good. The tight the Titans game, but he has had more really bad playoff games since he became that guy, not to count in that first year. Uh since then. I mean, this this was a bad he missed Zay Flowers a couple times. Even on that Zay Flowers taunting, like set your feet and get that ball out a little more, and that's six. You know, he had the interception, uh, which we I want to talk about that play a little more in detail. And then, like you you talked about it on Friday. He fumbles in the pocket. Well, guess what? He fumbled in the pocket and and led to some issues. But you know, I think Zay Flowers' immaturity is to blame, but Lamar deserves a lot of blame for this. He hasn't if you ask, I mean, let me ask, is Lamar has Lamar been a good playoff quarterback? No. I mean, no, good? It's, it's, no. Yeah. No, it doesn't mean Lamar is not a great player. Obviously, he's not. But he has not been good in the playoffs as a quarterback. Well, I would start with Todd Munkin. I don't understand. I, I certainly didn't understand um, not running the ball with your running backs against a team that just gave up 182 rushing yards to the Bills. Do you know how many carries their running backs had Sunday? How many? Six. Yeah, that's, Gus that's not Edward, good. Gus Edwards had three carries on the day. What are we doing? Once again, remember at the beginning of the show, we talked about San Francisco still kind of staying true to themselves, even though they were down 17 at the half. I never felt like Baltimore was true to itself at any point in this game. It always felt like rush, 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 rush. And I'm not talking about ability to carry the ball. Right. It felt like they were just out of sync offensively. And Munkin did such a good job this year, mixing things up. They were the number one rushing team in the NFL. Their numbers in the AFC Championship game were literally half of what they were in terms of rushing yards, attempts, all that sort of stuff. They still averaged five yards per carry because Lamar had a couple of big runs, but they just didn't commit themselves to that. And um, that doesn't mean, however, that we shouldn't criticize Lamar. He yeah. missed some receivers. I mean, you have to be able to do both. And here's the thing. Do you want to be a two, the youngest quarterback to be a two-time MVP without a Super Bowl like that's gonna suck I mean you have to be able to criticize Lamar he did not play well he did not play well uh I didn't get the decision on throwing into triple coverage in the end zone could passer interference have been called on Connor it probably could have been but he never gave Isaiah likely a chance to throw to catch the ball never even if Connor ran it it still was short and into triple coverage. Bad decision, bad throw. I, I thought the, the Ravens were undisciplined. They came out. Totally. I thought they were came out like, hey, we're going to fight. We're going to be chippy. We're going to hit hard. And they went over the line, and yep. it led to some sloppy shit. We'll talk about, you know, the Zay Flowers, right? That taunting penalty to me was one of the – and some I'm someone who, like, I hate 8 out of 10 taunting penalties. That one was just, like, obvious. Like, that was so stupid. One, you push the guy down and then spin the ball on him. I mean, you're that's that's dumb as shit. And then you answer it with fumbling the ball at the at the one, you know, the half yard line when that was unnecessary to do. It wasn't third and goal. Like that was that was unnecessary for him. You know, go back and watch Odell on the triple coverage interception. Right? You want you want to know why he's in triple coverage and not double coverage? Because Odell had just jogged his route, just lazily jogged his route. So the safety that was over top Odell. Said I don't need to cover this. Went and covered. Went to that that post and was able to get a, make a play on the ball. So I I thought they were 
going out there looking for a fist fight and not a fight in a football game half the time, which I love the energy, but they just, they went, it, it led to bad football, uh, you know, it led to losing plays by them. Well, Nance and Romo talked about it during the broadcast. They said when they talked to the Ravens players that they felt like um, Mahomes felt like he wasn't going to get hit when he ran. Exactly. And so they were more focused on that and delivering the message rather than delivering the win. Kyle Van Noy has won two Super Bowls, has been an exceptional player in this league. He's been a really, really solid football player and was great for Baltimore when he got picked up early in the season. The fact that he went and headbutted Travis Kelsey because he doesn't like a guy who's shit-talking him the entire time? Like, come on, man. Which is again, I I love the like the idea of hey we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be physical right we're not gonna be we're gonna step up to you but when that leads into undisciplined stupid shit like the Van Noy thing like the Zay Flowers thing and then you follow it up with a fumble you follow it up with throwing into triple coverage it's just it felt like they just were like it was just over it was not over the line in sense of like this is unacceptable how dare you type thing but over the line of like you screwed yourself you screwed yourself by being dumb. And um, I think I'll finish with this with Baltimore. I said going in the weekend, I'd be shocked if the Ravens don't kiss the Lombardi trophy for the third time as a franchise. And I'm still, I still feel that way. I'm, I'm really shocked because of the way they played throughout the entire season. I mean, their losses were not bad losses at all. I mean, they just, they would lose by this much, this much what they lost to Indianapolis on a last second kick. Same against the Browns. The Steelers, uh, they dropped 10 passes. Yeah, it, early in the season, and then they didn't care in the last game against the Steelers. So they were dominant. They were, and they beat good teams. They didn't just beat good teams. They whooped good teams. They blew this out the year. NFC Championship game, the 49ers and the Lions. Yep. yep, killed them. So Ravens fans, if you want to know who to blame, it is a shared blame, in my opinion. I thought Todd Munkin's game plan was horrible. I thought your soon-to-be two-time MVP quarterback was terrible. I thought that Zay Flowers was immature and needs to now know not to dive at the goal line. I thought your defense in the first half was more immersed in being the tough guy than being the best defense in the NFL, which I felt like it was most years. And I do think their defense played well. It's just Kelsey played better, right? Like, all of those throws were great, were good coverage. It was just Kelsey yep. was able to make those plays. So, like... I still, I think the Ravens' defense played. Well. I mean, they held them to zero points in the second half, and yep, like we mentioned before, all those plays were off of just like better plays by the Chiefs. So the defense, I think, showed up in this game. It was the offense, like you said. It was the, a, a, to me, a three-way blame pie from Lamar playing bad, but bad game plan, and then the you know Zay Flowers being dumb. See you next year, Ravens. See you next year. So we still have three more shows uh, before the. Super Bowl even kicks off. So we'll start to dive in a little bit more to what's happening as far as game plans, personnel, all sorts of stuff. Uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit more coaching news. You have just two job openings. It'll be interesting to see if Washington and Seattle use some dismissed coordinators from the conference championship games, or do they go back into the veteran pool? And if not, what does that mean for the futures of Belichick, Carroll, and Mike Vrabel? Uh, so we've still got a lot of stuff that's happening over the next few shows. Um, in the meantime, enjoy the Senior Bowl out there. Thank you very much. We're going to be putting out nonstop content on this channel. So 
Exc- you know, I'll, I'll I'll spoil it here. We're having uh, on Talking Giants. We have Michael Penix uh, and Joe Milton on for interviews as well as really? some senior bowl stuff. And then uh, we we have recaps, live streams, social media. So we'll be we'll be hitting it hardcore down here. It's my uh, my favorite week of the year to do this job. How is Penix? He was good. He was actually a great. He was a really good interview. Went into detail on some stuff. Um, Milton had some good stuff. Javon, we interviewed UCF wide receiver Javon Baker, and it was. We might do a simple man radio this week to just break down that interview. It was like, what What do you do to be like QB friendly on third down? He's like, have the dog in you. I'm like, what's your favorite route? He's like, I don't really have a favorite route. I love all of them. I was like, okay, but everyone has a favorite. He's like, I don't. So, uh, that that was a fun interview. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we got and we got more coming this week too. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. I love it. Well, enjoy the time. Say hi to my my people down there at NFL Network because it's crawling with the with all my brethren from the network. Will will do. Yeah. All right. Have fun there. Uh, for producer Mikey and Bobby Skinner of the Talking Giants and Senior Bowl World, I am Chris Rose. We will see you later this week on Football Today.